Chapter Twenty Three of the Boy Scouts in the Maine Woods. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Debbie R. Baker Robinson. The Boy Scouts in the Maine Woods by Herbert Carter. Capturing the Game Poachers. Don't you shoot, Yonker called out Cy Kedge, when, on advancing just one more step, he found himself confronted by the rifle held by Giraffe, who had his cheek laid down on the stock as though he were taking aim. "'I won't, if you do just what I tell you,' said the scout, growing bolder when he saw that a sudden spasm of alarm had taken possession of the poacher as he realized the conditions confronting him. "'What you want us to do?' asked Cy. Throw up your hands in the first place and be quick about it, commanded the scout, thinking that was the proper thing to demand, because in every account he had ever read of such events, the one who held the gun always gave that order. Cy Kedge did as he was told, but only after a vast amount of hard language. You too, Bumpus managed to call out, for since his comrade had shown the way, he did not find it quite so difficult to follow. They're up. Don't you see as far as I can get em, complained Ed Harkness. And then, seeing the fat boy elevating his gun, he made out to duck, under the evident impression that Bumpus might be tempted to pull trigger and fill him full of birdshot. Keep that gun down thar, kid. I don't like the way you handles the same. You got us for keeps, and we ain't squealing, is we, Si? Giraffe thought fast. If they allowed these two men to go free, the chances were they would hang around and try to give them all the trouble they could during the night that was now well upon them, and the idea of letting them remain there by the fire without being put under bonds never occurred to the boy. He knew neither of them could be trusted further than they could be seen. That was stamped on their ugly faces and the shifty look in their evil eyes. There was really only one thing to do, and that was to make them prisoners. Once that had been accomplished, at least they might pass a peaceful night, and then in the morning, if the humor seized them, it would be just as easy to let the men go as to keep them. But how on earth were they to tie the two men up? It looked like a hard proposition, and Giraffe had to cudgel his brains with considerable gusto before he was able to produce any result. But it dawned upon him, finally, that if the men were compelled to lie flat on their faces on the ground and place their hands behind them, Bumpus might straddle each in turn and fasten their wrists, while he, Giraffe, threatened with guns. Listen to me, he said, with the air of a commander giving his final orders on the field of battle. Both of you have got to lie down on your faces and put your hands behind your back. Do you understand? Be you going to tie us up? asked Cy, his face as black as a thundercloud. Just that and nothing more, replied Giraffe resolutely. You think that because we're only two boys that we'll stand for a heap, but that's where you're way off your base. Get busy now and down on your marrow bones, both of you. Are you going to let us go free in the morning? asked Ed Harkness, already on his knees, for he wished to placate that uneasy fat boy who kept raising his gun again and again, as though anxious to press the trigger just a little harder all the time. If you don't give us any trouble, we might because so far as we're concerned, we're not up here to help the game warden arrest you fellows. Lie down now, or else we'll have to help you. 
this was a ferocious threat for giraffe to make and doubtless he would have been exceedingly loath to put it into operation but then the case was a desperate one and required a remedy of like nature even such a fire-eater as Cy Kedge threw up the sponge, as Bumpus put it, and knuckled down to the half-grown tyrant. Perhaps he realized that in his half-boozy condition he was in no shape to grapple with the dilemma by which he and his companion found themselves faced. What, with their hands tied by the fact of their guns having been taken by Cale Martin, they were perfectly helpless. And two firearms held in the hands of a couple of determined boys can be just as dangerous as if grown men had them. So, still uttering more or less protestations, coupled with hard language, both Cy and Ed sprawled out flat on their faces. Now, Bumpus, it's going to be your job to secure them both while I cover ye with the guns. And if either of them tries any funny business, he'll wish he hadn't right speedy, believe me, said Giraffe, loud enough for the others to hear, for he wished them to wholly understand the situation. Bumpus placed his shotgun close to the feet of his chum. Then he looked blankly around. That's easy to say, Giraffe, he remarked in a stage whisper. I'm willing enough to do it, tell you that, but where in Sam Hill am I going to get the rope? We didn't bring any with us, you know, though I'm resolved never to go off again without a whole clothesline along. How can a feller tie him up when he ain't even got a top string with him? If Bumpus thought to get his chum in a corner with that question, he figured too soon, for the other had discounted it already. Here, take this, he said, throwing his red bandana handkerchief on the ground, and I reckon you've got the mate to it in your pocket. Use one to wrap around the wrists of each feller, and see to it that you tie it in half a dozen of the hardest knots you know how. Understand, Bumpus? That's right, and I can do it, too. You watch me. As the fat boy spoke, he picked up the large bandana handkerchief and stepped gingerly forward, Giraffe accompanying him part way. Evidently, Bumpus had recovered somewhat from his fright. Possibly this new boldness sprang from confidence in the ability of his comrade to handle the situation. At any rate, he threw a leg over the prostrate figure of Ed Harkness, and seizing both his wrists, jerked them together. The man might have raised some protest, or even attempted to show resistance, but once that plump form of Bumpus came down on him, he had the breath partly pressed out of his body, and must have experienced a sudden weakness. At any rate, he lay still while the other wound the crude rope around his wrists and knotted it good and hard. Fine, declared Giraffe, who had been watching the operation with one eye. All the while he kept the other on Psy Kedge. Now, take your own handkerchief and use it on Psy. And put in three extra knots, Bumpus, because he's that much more a slick one than the other feller. Lie still now, I warn you, Psy. We ain't going to stand for any fooling, I tell you. Psy also relapsed into silence as soon as Bumpus dropped on his back. He was pinned to the ground almost as effectually as though secured there by ropes. Bumpus finished his part of the job and arose, perspiring but triumphant. She's done, giraffe, and as good as I know how, he said exultantly. I just warrant you that neither of them game stealers is a-going to break loose in a hurry now. What's next on the little program? This is sure turning out to be a warm night for us, giraffe. Tell me, won't the feller stare when we walk into camp driving these jailbirds before us? Oh, my! Oh, me! I can see Davy and Step Hen give us the royal salute, and I'll whistle, Lo, the conquering heroes come. See if I don't. 
well we ain't in camp yet a while retorted giraffe and give me a hand to assist old si here over to that there tree we can lean him up against a trunk so he can keep warm and look around him then ed he might have a place against this other pine here but bumpus there ain't going to be any sleep much for us this blessed night with two toughs to watch like these fellers bumpus sighed for he was very tired after a whole day's tramp i suppose not giraffe he remarked but stiffening up to add you'll find me ready to back you up in anything you start going i'm game for it i reckon and if you see me a-going to sleep in spite of everything why giraffe just give me a kick or a punch in the ribs i want to do my duty every time good for you bumpus i ain't going to make fun of you any more because of your size even fat fellers can come in mighty handy sometimes especially when you've got a game poacher to hold down they managed to get the two men against the trees and as they still had their legs free this was not so difficult a task then the watch began giraffe kept his gun close to his hand he spoke to his chum occasionally more to see if bumpus were awake than because of any desire to engage in conversation the two men mumbled for a while but finally their heads dropped on their chest and they seemed to slumber though giraffe was suspicious and would never slacken in his watchfulness on this account he had made up his mind however that if bumpus did fall asleep he would not arouse him when there was no necessity for more than one guard at a time an hour passed thus then bumpus who was just losing himself in spite of his determination to remain on duty felt his chum give him a shake oh i'm awake all right giraffe no need to scare me that way grumbled the fat scout stirring himself and looking around they're coming just like i said said giraffe looky over yonder and you can see the lantern and i reckon now it's old eli that's follerin our trail but we don't want to be fooled a second time bumpus so get your gun ready for boarders boarders muttered the fat boy now i like that when they ain't a blessed bit of grub in the pantry better skip this boarding house and go on further but giraffe this sure is eli i can tell the way he swings along from here whoever it is with him do you think why see there are two of em and men not boys of the silver fox patrol three minutes later and old eli grinning his pleasure stalked into camp to say huh glad to find you so well taken care of boys and so you all had a visit from sign ed did you and wall what do you think of that gents here's your birds all trussed up ready to be transported to jail this here's the game warden of this district boys lookin for them critters say as how he don't calculate ter bother with old kale yet a while but hearin as he's been and contracted with a fox breedin company they'll wait and see how it pans out kind of guess they will and we'll just stay by this fire till mornin when we can start back to camp tad knowed as how you'd come out all right giraffe but he thort along about noon i'd better take up the trail and i met these gents a few miles back wondering if their birds had made this here fire so we stalked it and bumpus felt like venting his delight in one long loud yell of thanksgiving as he realized that their troubles were now at an end, end of chapter twenty three